Hi, this is Jack Shoulder. I am the director of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, as well as The Hidden, Alone in the Dark, 1201, and many other films. And you are listening to Elm Street Radio. You've got the body and I've got the brain. I feel like I say that a lot, or at least I have other people <laughs> say that a lot in reference to Nightmare on Elm Street 2. In any case, what's up, Elm Street fans? It is Deandra here. And Paige. Welcome to this week's episode of Elm Street Radio. Uh, we've got a pretty cool guest on today. It seems like Elm Street Radio is getting a lot of Nightmare 2 love. I don't know if it's intentional, if it's accidental, if we're trying to make a point by the fact like we want to say Nightmare 2 is awesome, but we've got another Nightmare 2 episode for you here. Our guest today is going to be Jack Shoulder, the director of A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And uh, as, we, as, as, as we've said in the past, like we love Nightmare 2 and we think it's a creepy film. And so I'm curious to see you know, if that was intentional, uh, what Jack's take is on Nightmare too. Also, Mark Patton, whom we love very much. Yes, we love Mark so much. It's it's going to be interesting to see see what he has to say. You know, um, we've seen a couple like interviews with him, like the Never Sleep Again documentary and all sorts of stuff. So I'm I'm very interested to get his take on on the franchise, on the film itself, and and even really on the fandom and what the fans have the outpouring of love that they've had for this film in recent years. And they really have. I mean, that's something that you and I have seen. And, and uh, I, I posted it in our group, um, Station KRGR. But uh, Nathan, our friend Nathan, whom we had on once upon a time, uh, you guys might remember, or you've just seen him around. He's like this really well-known artist who does a lot of great nightmare pieces and, and a bunch of others. But he, he said something about nightmare. I can't even remember what it was. And I just basically said, it seems like a, people like nightmare too, for the dumbest reasons. Like it's the cool thing to do. You know, people like the films and they're like, I love Freddy. And then people say nightmare two is not that great because of this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like stupid reasons, you know, like, um, for example, maybe, you know, the real world thing. Freddy, Freddy's coming out into the real world with the pool, but it's like, did you guys not watch the rest of the films? Let's talk about how many times Freddy has been in the real world. And there are some good theories about that. Like maybe Freddy's trapped between the dream world and the real world since Nancy pulled him out. I mean, who knows? Exactly. Who I was just really going to say that. Yeah. Like I, you know, in the end of the first film, Nancy pulls him out. You know, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. She pulls him out of the dream and into the world. Even in the, in the hospital, she's got the hat and she looks at her mom and she says, I grabbed it off his head in the dream. I pulled something out from my dream. You know, it, it, it plays on that border even in the first one. So for the second one, I do agree with you. I feel like people just pick at it to pick just to say they don't like certain things. But in the past couple of years, it's really had a resurgence. A lot of people really love nightmare too and i don't know if it's because of of mark Patton. i know you've talked about this a lot how how he's so involved with the fans and and so involved in social media and in the world that that i don't know if that has helped fans grow to love it but i know for you and i we've always loved it we've always thought it was one of the scariest films and and i just love that it is getting good reception now I know, me too, and I we can't wait for Scream Queen, Mark Patton's documentary about Nightmare 2, because I think that's going to be really insightful. I mean, you, I, there have been a lot of really great pieces of 
literature or some documentaries of all lengths on A Nightmare on Elm Street. But I think this one is going to be one of those ones that I'm really interested to hear. Like, I am Nancy, of course. I mean, we we both love Nancy. But um, just to get that perspective of the person alone, just seeing it kind of through their eyes, the person who portrayed this character. Um, but I, looking at uh, Scream Queen, I think it'll have its similarities to I am Nancy, but I think it's going to be quite different. And knowing the depth of uh, connections that Mark has with a lot of the people who are going to be in it. I'm, I'm just really curious to see where it's going to go. And, and hopefully Nightmare 2 will, will continue to grow because uh, it, it is certainly a, a very, very well-made film, I think. And I know Paige can echo that. Um, and uh, yeah. And if you, if you have something else to say about it, go ahead and fight us. Bring it on. Bring it in the comments. You want to go ahead and leave your comments? We're ready for you. Bring it on. We welcome it. We welcome it. Bring it on. We'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. <laughs> yeah. And good luck with that, dudes and gals. Um, but yeah, like we said, we've got Jack Shoulder on who has directed uh, movies like uh, The Hidden, which uh, has Kyle MacLachlan in it for those of you who maybe uh, haven't seen it before. Um, and he's also got some other films, um, like, um, Arachnid and, uh, Alone in the Dark and, um, 1201 and, and just a bunch of others. So if you're curious to see what else he's done and you want to have a little marathon, um, check, check out his IMDB page, but he's certainly most known for his work on A Nightmare on Elm Street too. And, you know, Paige here is a director and I'm starting to try to get into directing with short films of my own. So, like, Paige, when you are talking to other directors, like, what's what's going through your mind? What are you, like, thinking about? I, so, uh, probably, like, I don't know if you think of this as well, but, like, I, I, I tend to, like, absorb everything they say because I like to, to see what their thought process was when they were on set or or in pre-production, um, I, I'm big on learning. Like I, I want to learn and grow so much in this industry. So for me, like I would say that I probably just want to know their thought process or if they have any advice to young and up and coming directors. And, and so for me, like I, I there's so much, I, I still have to learn. And I just love listening. Like I'm a big person who who sits there in silence and in awe of like a person. So to have him be a director and and be on our show, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to see what he has to say. What do you think is the burning question that you want to ask him? Is there something that maybe you've been curious about for a while? Um, maybe something along the lines of of uh, the fandom or like what happened to Jesse Walsh, like his opinion, because I talk about it all the time, and I I've talked about it a couple times on on Elm Street Radio about how in Dream Warriors, I feel like um the boy who cut his eyelids off is Jesse Walsh, and I know Mark has said that like no 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 that's not him, but for me and and some of the other fans like I feel like that it's a homage to Jesse. We want it to be. So I'd be interested to hear what he has to say, you know, what he thinks happened to the character of Jesse. What yeah. about you? Well, for me, I think it might have to do with a point that was brought up, um, during the conversation with, uh, Jim and Lee and Bill is about 
uh, kind of Nightmare 2's place in the franchise. And I know it's been talked about a lot. Is it does it feel like a standalone? Is it really meant to be a standalone? Because it, it ties in so well with the first movie and then it just kind of drops off. It, it doesn't feel right, but the tone is still very scary and um it, it just it there's just something that unifies the first and the second film and and so i'm, I'm kind of curious to just kind of pick his brain a little bit with uh building off of the conversation and some of the points that the guys had made so um i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to say that's awesome so i guess we should uh see if jack is around and um start bugging him for some answers to these burning questions that we and even some of our fellow fans um have i'm excited let's head into dreamland and talk with jack shoulder please welcome to the show jack shoulder welcome jack yay good to be here it is an absolute honor to talk to you. Paige and I are both huge fans of A Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge. Uh, I remember it was one of the Elm Street movies that really stood out to me. And I, in my opinion, and I know Paige and I have talked about this a lot, but it's to me the scariest Elm Street out of all of them. It's, this, the, it's beautifully shot, magnificently acted, and uh, I, I just love the way the film flows. I think it's a, a beautiful work of art, and that's that's why we are are so excited to have you here today. We're so excited. Wow. Like Deandra said, it definitely for us is the scariest of all of the films. It just has that bone chilling moments that you you want to look away, but you can't look away because it's so scary. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you 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 definitely made my day. Well, awesome. So I want to know because to me there are a lot of breathtaking elements of the film itself. Um and I know you discussed a lot in in Never Sleep Again with with the film. So for me, I I'm I'm wondering what what moments, like when you were on set, maybe the first day, what was your first reaction? And, and when, when people started to act in front of the camera or maybe there was a special effect that stood out to you, were there any moments that even you as a director were kind of like your, your mind was blown a little bit and you were wowed by what was going on? Well, the, the first day we, we, we shot uh, the stuff in the, in the desert that, that uh, you know where the bus is sort of careening through the desert right. um i would say the most startling moment for me was um as as fans of the movie probably know um uh new line did not want to bring back robert england i mean they wanted to bring him back but they didn't want to pay him more money and his 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 agent was insisting that that, that he get a raise and um they they didn't want to pay it. You know, they said, oh, they're trying to take advantage of us and, you know, we don't really need him. And, uh, you know, I was sort of the new kid on the block because I had come in about six weeks before they were going to start shooting the, the movie. You know, th things were already in, in well in motion when when I got there. And, and um, I said, you know, 
I think uh, you really should get him back because I think he's he's pretty important to to this film, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I, th I thought really he was the best thing about the film. Um, and I thought that, you know, the 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 best thing that that West did, aside from the concept, was to, to hire a real actor to play the the boogeyman, you know, as opposed to like a stunt man, you know, who would sort of, you know, pop out and, you know, slice somebody's head off and then, uh, you know, disappear. But here he he, he had created a, a, a real character and he hired the unlikely guy. You know, if you look at what, what Robert England looked like, he did, he, you know, he didn't look like the sort of person you would, you would cast to be a, you know, kind of a, the monster. Um, and and so uh, the the first week, they they finally hired him, and he was not available the first week because he had already taken another job because New Line said that they weren't going to use him, and and so he wasn't available until the second week. So the first week, I I I had this guy. I'm I'm not sure if he was a stunt man or an extra. I I think he was an extra, but maybe he was a stunt man. Whatever he was, he was he was just awful, and and there's just that the the final scene. Where you see Freddie walking out of the the fog in the shower, out of the steam in the shower, that was that guy. That was the the double, you know. A new line just thought they were, in and so and and I had I had met Robert once. Um, we 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 never were formally introduced, um, and I had actually never met him, and then. I don't know, it was maybe a, a week or two before we were going to start shooting. And for, for some reason, I, I went to see a play in L.A. I don't know. I think uh, uh, somebody I knew was involved in it. And so I I kind of went to see it and, you know, have have no idea why since I was so busy and so kind of freaked out about how, how the hell I was going to make this movie. Um, and of, of all people, Robert happened to be there. And so during the intermission, he and I just started talking like a mile a minute. So so for like 10 minutes, we just talked like maniacs. And then the the play started back up and and uh, and that was it. And the next time I saw him was on the second week when he showed up on the set. And I think we were shooting the stuff in um, in, in in Kim Meyer's house, the stuff that happens around the party, but, but in, inside the house. And so the first scene that Robert did, he just kind of blew me away. He was just such a good actor. And he had just the way he moved the way I, I, I like, I mean, when I worked with the extra, I hadn't worked with Robert and I just knew that he was just terrible. You know, I had to keep telling him, stop acting like a monster. You know, he kept like walking like he was dragging, like like he was the mummy or something. You know, and I'd say, just walk like a real person. And then as soon as Robert came on, just there was just this power that he had because he was such a, is, you know, such a, a, a wonderful actor. He just suddenly brought this power to this character and, 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 uh, so that was probably that 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 moment. You know, I have to say, I completely agree with you about Robert and his portrayal of of Freddie. You know, specifically in in Nightmare Two, we get to see a little bit more of Freddie than we did in the original. And when you see Robert on screen, you know, a lot of people 
aren't like fans of the pool party scene because they claim it breaks the rules. But I always say there were no rules in the second one because you had to create them yourselves because of the first one. It wasn't a franchise already. And so in that scene, though, when he is walking and his shoulders slumped down and he's just staring at the teens, if you watch that with without prejudice and just watch it for the film that it is, it is so intense and so terrifying. Yeah. And he's just such an amazing actor to just, in a look, portray true evil. Did you guys get any, like, chills or anything on set when you were, like, watching him in character or any of that stuff? Well, I mean, a- after the first the first day or the first the first time that I actually saw him working, you know, I, I, I kind of knew what, what to expect. Um, and also, he's, he's such a... a uh, uh, a nice guy. Um, I mean, he's he's very very high energy person. You know, his like his mind is just going like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. You know, he kind of thinks very fast and he talks very fast. He's got a lot of ideas, and um, I mean, he's extremely collaborative. Uh, you know, and he was really the 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 expert on 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 this guy. You know, much much more than 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 me. But he was always willing to defer to me. But you know, in his personal demeanor, um, uh, you know, he was just such a, a, a regular guy that, uh, um, I mean, I would, I just basically, you know, had to lower my head and just go forward. You know, I, I had very little time to, to do anything else, but try to get this movie made. You know, it was, it was a very difficult, uh, yeah. assignment. Now, a couple weeks ago here on Elm Street Radio, we had a celebration of Nightmare 2 with, now we know a lot of huge Nightmare 2 fans, and three of them uh, were on the show. Uh, Jim Martin, Lee Howard, and Bill Nugent are those three fans, and we were talking about how great Nightmare 2 is, and they happened to make a note that Nightmare 2 feels very similar to the original in its in its tone because it's still so scary. And um, I felt, and I made the point in that episode, that Nightmare 2 connects so well to the first movie. Uh, Some people might say Nightmare 2 feels like a standalone, but to me it was such an injustice to not bring up a lot of the events in Nightmare 2. And, And it really did feel a lot like the original. Was that intentional in in the way you were making the film did you try to be or was it just kind of your vision that came to life or was it kind of its own animal in the sense that it just seemed to fall into place well um the attitude that everybody had about elm street 2 is is, first of all you have to understand that in, in 1981, which I guess, uh, 1983, I guess, is when we shot the film, um, the idea of sequels was that, that basically it was a way to kind of exploit the first one and squeeze a little bit more money out. Um, and the, the head of sales at uh, New Line, uh, who was like a, co- a, a guy who, like, you know, knew every drive-in down the Mississippi River, you know, and smoked a cigar. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on our, you know, and, 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 and his hope was that we would make 70% of what the original made. 
So um, they just wanted to get a title out there called Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that would draw people in who, who went and saw Elm Street, the, the original Elm Street. Um, the fact that Wes didn't write the script, the fact that they had David Chaskin, who was an employee at the New Line Cinema. I mean, he was not like a screenwriter that, that, that they went out and interviewed 50 screenwriters, you know. It was just, oh, well, Dave, Dave writes screenplays. Let's, let's get him to do it, you know. And he, and he came up with it. And honestly... I don't even know how much, how much he 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 uh, he and Wes came up with the story. I mean, obviously with the, the 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 whole thing with with the pool party, which was really, as I understand it, the reason that that Wes left the project, um, and also probably because he thought it wasn't going to be as good as the first one, and and he probably had other other things to do. Uh, but but I mean, nobody nobody saw the second one as a masterpiece and no one saw the first one as a masterpiece. I mean, the people at, at, at New Line just thought it was a great concept. I mean, they all thought it was a great concept and they thought there were some great sequences in it. And um, I mean, they, they, they really believed in the concept. Um, and um, I don't know that they were I think they were pleasantly surprised that 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 when it came out, it was it was the top film that that weekend. Um, uh, in, in in fact, I I I actually remember calling Bob Shea and congratulating him on 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 Monday and said, "Wow, Bob, this is fantastic! Get the top film in the country." And he said, "Well, yeah, I'm not happy with the way." And I said, "Bob, shut up! <laughs> you just got the top film. Stop criticizing the movie." You know, so. Um, uh, you know, and and they didn't really know that it was really all about Freddy. You know, if you look at the original poster, there's no Freddy. You know, there's just a claw, and and um, you know Kim and Mark. Um, uh, I know I'm sitting there staring at it now. So, uh, so there was no sense of you know here's the franchise and and you know this is a sacred thing. We have to we have to be true to. Uh, I mean, they honestly didn't care. The only the only thing that they cared about was they didn't like uh, Robert's makeup in the in the original, and they wanted to improve the makeup. And so uh, uh, we hired a different guy. I mean, we ended up hiring Kevin Yeager, you know, who who yeah. who was pretty much my my choice. I mean, everybody went along with it, but but I thought Kevin was a real artist as opposed to just you know uh, a blood and gore type of guy. That I mean, he was a sculptor and, and and a fine artist, and 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 I thought that he just had had a really good touch and great great taste. So, uh, so we improved the makeup, and and then the the only other thing that they told me was keep him dark. You know, we don't want to see him. You know, you've got to keep him dark. You've got to keep him mysterious. And that was pretty much the only thing that uh, that they told me. I mean, there was the script, and you know, my my job was to shoot the script, and you know you know, do it as well as I could. And, and, um, you know, I, I had done alone in the dark for new line and I had, you know, done editing work off and on for them forever. And that, uh, I, you know, so they knew me very, very well and they knew what I could do, you know? So as long as everything came out, okay, they, they, they pretty much left me alone. But, um, um, Paige actually said something that, 
that I don't think anybody who's interviewed me has 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 said, which is that it, it it's kind of its its own thing. You know, it wasn't trying. You know, it it wasn't trying to be uh, you know a faithful following of of Elm Street One. You know, it was kind of its 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 own thing. And and I mean, there was a hope that there might be an Elm Street Three, but they they really didn't know. You know, if it had done what they expected, it would have done seventy percent, and they probably wouldn't have had an Elm Street Three. So it it just kind of was the sequel, but it was kind of looked at as a, as a kind of a one off. Whereas by the time he got to three, they they knew they had a franchise, you know, and they were pretty sure that there was going to be a four, you know, and 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 they took it very very seriously, you know, and wanted to make sure that that three was you know ha- had more stuff in it than two, and that four had more stuff in it than three. So so that was kind of where that was at. You know, I think, I think that, that um, I, I love every film individually for, for what it is. And, and I, I don't really love one film more than the other. I love the whole genre as a whole. But I do agree with you that, like, in three, they added more stuff. And then four, they added more stuff. And I feel like that's why it almost became comical, because it became more mystical, as to where one and two both were very jarring and real, you know, they didn't have these elaborate mystical deaths of, of, of certain things, you know, just for shock value. It was, it was terrifying. Simple. You know? Yeah. It's simple. Exactly. And sometimes that's what works the best on film. And that's why a lot of those are, are more well received because the simplicity in it is just scary in itself. Well, um, you know, I I never set out to be a, a horror film director. I mean, that was never never my favorite genre or my second favorite genre or my third favorite genre. You know, I mean, I saw horror films when I was a kid. You know, I saw a lot of the old creature features. You know, uh, uh, you know, The Mummy and and uh, Dracula and all of those all of those things. But um, you know, I I really. Uh, you know, saw myself as like the next Francois Truffaut or the next, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, I loved all the great classic films uh, or, you know, I mean, Hitchcock and, you know, pe- people like that. And and um, so my big concern has always been character um, that that having good believable characters for me was actually the most important stuff that I figured that the, you know, the, the horror stuff would sort of take, take care of itself, but that if you believed in who the characters were, and if you had sympathy for the characters that, that you would, you would then be involved in the film and you would care about what happened to them. And, and so that, that's kind of what, what I went for. I mean, the reason that I wanted to cast Mark Patton for the role was that I felt that, that there was something, there was a real vulnerability about him. That was what I thought the role needed, um, and um, you know, which which he certainly brought brought to the role, um, you know, in 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 all sorts of ways. Some of which were ways that I hadn't quite anticipated. Um, but but I mean, that's kind of what what I was going for. The other the other thing is, um, you know, I, I I made my living as an editor for before I started directing, I, I, I think I did, did, uh, alone in the dark when I was 34. 
So from the time I got out of college until then, I was basically working as as film editor. And um, so uh, and, and and one of the things that I did was uh, New Line used to hire me to do trailers. So they'd pick up a film and it would need a trailer and they'd hire me. And basically, uh, um, uh, you know, they had like all the Sonny Chiba Street Fighter movies and they had all these like uh, um, uh, crappy Italian horror movies and, and, and you know, ripoffs of, of other movies. And, uh, and basically I would take a, you know, uh, a hundred minute movie and cut it down to two and a half minutes. So I'd basically have to take the whole thing apart and then, and then, and then, uh, you know, put it, put it together at, at one twentieth. So I actually got to see how all these things work. So, you know, some of this stuff that, that, that was actually pretty good. Actually like five shots that, that, you look at it and you think it's like one shot, but it's actually five little little pieces that sort of comprise this thing that makes you believe that that Sonny Chiba hit this guy so hard on the back of his head that his eyes literally popped out of his head, you know, and and so um, so I was kind of able to think um, in in that way of like what are all the little pieces of the jigsaw, you know, like here's the picture of you know uh, Freddie coming out of Jesse in his bedroom. You know, and here's all the little pieces of the jigsaw that I have to get um, in order to put the, all those little pieces together and have it make that image that you see on the jigsaw. So so uh, so I think, uh, you know, when you say that that the film was well executed, um, uh, you know, everything was 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 pretty planned out and 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 and, and thought of in that way. So that also may uh, and, 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 and things were kind of very logically thought through so so maybe that's part of why you're reacting that way we have a couple of uh fan questions here actually we opened the floor to everybody um and we have a lot of good questions that i kind of want to tie into this conversation because they they really play well into this um one of the questions is from um, actually Jim, who was on the show and uh, a couple of weeks ago that I'd mentioned earlier. And I know that, you know, it's it was well thought out and then there was a lot going on and there was speed involved and they were trying to get it out after the first nightmare. So in looking back at it, what, if any, regrets do you have about the making of Nightmare 2? And do you think maybe even the way it turned out how plays some role in why it's talked about today? Um, actually, no. I mean, I, I, I was pretty pleased with, with, with how it turned out. I mean, I thought some of the special effects were kind of tacky. Um, um, I don't know wh whether, uh, how much you know about, about how the special effects were done, but, um, uh, I was handed a, a list of, of uh, I think it was six, six, seven, eight single space pages of effects, um, almost none of which I had the slightest idea how to do. So I kind of literally had a panic attack, I think, when I, when I saw that. I said, how the hell is this? I'm ever going to get this done. Uh, and they said, well, we have this great guy. His name is Dick Albane, and he's... He's a master of, of 
of, of special effects says. So I met Dick, and Dick is an older gentleman. I mean, he's probably you know in his in his sixties, and he'd been he'd been the head of special effects at 20th Century Fox, and um, and he was real old school, you know, like uh, you know using monofilament fishing wire to pull things, and he had all these like these old old-fashioned ways of, of, of uh, doing things. In fact, I, I, I said, well, of all the stuff that you've done, what, what would you say you're the most proud of? And he thought of him and he said, I think the work I did with the Three Stooges. So that was really encouraging um, when, uh, when he said that. So, um, I, I, so I thought that, uh, you know, some of the effects were, were, were kind of cheesy. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe that's part of the charm of uh, the movie, that it's sort of, you know, it, it's definitely not slick in that sense, you know. Um, uh, you know, in, in in the days before CGI. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know, that was just kind of like, that was just, it, it was what it was. And, and we tried to shoot them in a way that, that, that worked, you know, that was, that was reasonably believable. Um, and, yeah, I... I don't really have any 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 regrets at all. That's awesome. Yeah, and I got to tell you, like we mentioned earlier, the the film was just amazing the way it is. So I'm not surprised at all that you don't have any regrets because it really is a such a good film. Uh, speaking of actually the uh, behind the scenes elements of it, Mick Strawn has a question for you. And his question, Nick. yeah, he's got a wow. question for you. And he uh, actually asks, and this ties in a little bit earlier about the evolution of the films. He wants to know, how do you like the films as they evolved in the series? Um, I, I think my, my, my two favorites are probably number one would be Wes's Nightmare. And and my second favorite would be number three. My 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 feeling is I I, I never thought one was a masterpiece. You know, um, I, like I know it's you know it's it, it's sort of a landmark film of of the genre, and I think that it's 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 you know it's a great concept, and Freddie was great, and there were a lot of really good things about. It. But honestly, I didn't think it was that good of a film. You know, um, I. I didn't think it was a great film. Um, I mean, there were a lot of things that that uh, you know when I was watching, it, I said, "Yeah, no, nah, yeah, that that could have been better." Um, right. And um, and and when it got to three, I thought three had a really clever script. It was you know it was it was funnier. You know, it was very witty, and um, it had a lot of stuff that was just kind of made me laugh or kind of you know. Uh, surprised me. The the production value was was better. You know, they had put more, more more money into it. I mean, uh, uh, for God's sake, the the script was written by by Frank Darabont. You know, um, uh, um, you know, four I thought had a lot of good stuff in it, um, but there were, I don't know, I just not a big fan of of, of Rennie Harlan's um, approach. Um, and then I and then I thought. Uh, five and six really kind of just fell off for me. I um, I thought five was kind of soulless, and and you know six just I don't know it it just seemed a little a little a little perfunctory to me. So uh, 
then then when I saw Wes's new nightmare, you know, I thought that was that was terrific. And I thought, you know, Wes really, really made a good film. You know, that that was a you know far better film than than the original one. Um, and uh, and I never saw any of the others. I mean, the you know, Freddie meets Jason or the new nightmare or any of that stuff. Paige, did you have something to say? No, I was just going to say, um, so so with that, I, I know, haven't you done a few conventions? Um, I've done a few conventions. Um, I, I, I actually avoided doing them for, for a long time. Um, and um, there was the, the, the 30th reunion. And I and and I knew that everybody was going to be there, and I hadn't seen them. I mean, I had seen Clue because I I I I liked working with with Clue so much that I hired him to do, uh, you know, fairly good role in my next movie, The Hidden. Um, but but I hadn't seen Mark or Kim or or any of those people um, since we finished the movie. So yeah, so I uh, so I went you know, and did, did uh, several conventions it was really kind of a lot of fun. Yeah. I was going to say with, with, um, with that, the conventions and the fans and stuff, like what was it like to, to meet all the fans and see the outpouring of love for the franchise in general and for nightmare Two? Did it like, did you know beforehand that there was such like a, a cult following of, of an appreciation and not just, Ooh, I'm a fan of the film. Or, or did it surprise you when you were on the convention circuit? Um, it, 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 it kind of surprised me. I mean, I, I, I will tell you that um, I, I think I've directed 15 films. Um, and the top, I think I would put Elm Street at, at about number five. You know, it's uh, in in one way, it's my favorite film because it's made me the most money. I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and it also, um, uh, you know, basically gave me a career as as a director. You know, it opened up. It was the top film, uh, you know, uh, uh, on on Monday. I, I, I got a call from Dino De Laurentiis, which <laughs> I certainly wasn't expecting. And I realized that that my life had now changed. So. So I'm fond of it for that reason, but I I I never thought of it as 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 my best work, um, and um, you know I didn't have a chance to have a lot of input into the script. Um, it was it was pretty much again um, you know um, it definitely uh, you know there's a certain sense of humor or a certain sensibility that that I think represents me so um honestly i never thought a lot about it um so it 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 really was great to to see how much people really um love the film and how much they appreciate it and and uh, you know it was also really interesting to see mark and uh, to see the way that you know a lot of fans just really adored mark um and and that he was very kind of meaningful for them so so yeah i mean that was Great, and I, I, um, the reason that I wanted to be a filmmaker, you know, it wasn't, oh, I'm gonna make a lot of money or I'm gonna be able to boss people around or I'm gonna sleep with, with, with uh, pretty girls, which, which I, you know, uh, 
unfortunately I never did on on my movies. Uh, uh, wasn't wasn't my style. Um, but um, but but I wanted people to kind of feel the way I felt when I saw movies that I loved. I mean, you know, I would see these movies and I would just walk out of the theater just feeling different than I did when I walked in, you know, just feeling, you know, emotion and whatever. And that was, that was what I was trying to, you know, that was what I was hoping people would get from my movie. So it was great to see that, that that was actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to see uh, nightmare two over the years. And, and I think the film as it, itself is adored by a lot of really hardcore fans who really love the franchise. And um, I think for some people, even like when we, when Paige mentioned earlier about the, the rules with nightmare two, I mean, it really didn't have any, people are kind of putting the rules on them now that were made after nightmare two yeah, that uh, they they came to be after Nightmare Two, and so it's just kind of unfair to put them on there. And and I guess you know the Nightmare franchise is filled with so many holes that it just doesn't doesn't make sense to put them on there. But Mark Patton over the years has really been such a a, a voice for Nightmare Two, and uh, he's really been a cheerleader for it. And I know that fans everywhere adore him and myself included just he's just been a phenomenal human being and uh it's it's great to see what is coming out of what he's been doing in the community around uh nightmare two yeah uh well i mean um uh that was that was one of the things that, that 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 impressed me because i mean honestly you know I'm not the kind of person who, uh, uh, you know, goes goes on to uh, the internet and Google's myself. You know, I'm kind of afraid what I might find, so I I kind of avoid doing that. And uh, and and I knew that, um, uh, you know, it seemed that, uh, you know, everybody loved one. I mean, uh, you know, people love two enough to so that it made more money than two, and 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 that everybody wanted to see three. But but I think once once three came out, you know, everybody said, wow, three is really good. And and nobody really thought that that two was that great, including me. Um, and um, so I never really thought about it very much. Um, and really, it was just a few years ago that I kind of um, when I sort of got in, you know, onto Facebook, which uh, which I really did kind of a lot later than a lot of other people. And, and I sort of, uh, uh, connected up with, with Mark and saw his, his kind of real fierce advocacy for the film, um, which, which kind of surprised me, you know, and then, and then, and then to see people sort of reacting and, um, uh, uh you know, 30 years later, you know, reevaluating it and, 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 kind of you know a new way of thinking about it and you know it was nice to have it validated you know at 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 the time that I made it I thought it was a pretty good film you know I thought I thought I had done a good job with it 
and, and I thought there were a lot of very good things about it. You know, I thought there were some terrific sequences, and I thought you know the acting was 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 good, and it was kind of touching in a way, you know, as well as being scary, yeah. as well as being funny. So, you know, yeah. uh, it was nice to get that 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 validation. You know, as much as and, I love Mark Patton, I have to say it's so funny because they always talk about rules with Nightmare. The main star was was a, a boy in this one, but I love that in the end it takes a woman to save the male. Still, so at the end there is still a female saving the day. And roll on that one. Well, I mean, I mean, one of the ways that it that it that it kind of broke a rule is is it basically uh, Jesse is kind of the the girl role in the horror film, you know, she's like the victim who's sort of put upon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and so that kind of, um, kind of broke a rule. I mean, I, I, I have to assume that Wes was good with that because he, he, um, uh, I never heard that he objected to that. And obviously he w he was getting ready to, to, to make the movie. So he must've bought into, to, uh, to that. But I mean, that was, uh, I, uh, you know, there were a lot of, I thought a lot about how to make the film, just how to get it done, you know, how to design a sequence and, you know, what the overall, uh, you know, flow and the storytelling was, but, but, but I never really thought, um, a whole lot about, um, the underlying stuff that was going on, like I mean, there's uh, you know all the all the talk about the 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 gay the gay theme, which you know honestly, uh, you know if you if you heard anything, um, uh, you'll know that it never occurred to me. It never occurred to any of the people at 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 New Line. You know, it it may have occurred to David Chaskin, and I found out when I when I met with Mark that it definitely had occurred to him. And then he had this whole thing going on that I was completely unaware of. You know, like I said, I was, I was just trying to like make my days and you know get this complicated thing shot. Um, and uh, but um, a lot of things that 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 happened that that really are kind of coherent and and uh, 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 cohesive with with one another. Um, I mean, like I think there's a lot of stuff that happens sort of in your in your subconscious or stuff that you kind of feel but you don't really enunciate and and so i think that there was a lot of that going on with with the film as far as i was i was concerned um uh, you know particularly with with mark Patton's character and and you know his his relationship with kim's character i have a question here about the hidden from kevin kevin forgive me reitzel he is wondering where the idea of the alien liking heavy metal came from. Um, well, that was in the script. Um, uh, I mean, that was that was a, a, a project where I had a lot more time to work on the script. But this the script that I, that the original script that I read by Jim Calf was was fantastic and 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 brilliant. And, you know, part of the idea was that, that you have, you know, a good alien and a bad alien, and they're both learning what it means to be a human being. And the bad alien sort of picks up on, you know, hot women and, you know, 
uh, loud rock and roll music and, you know, guns and, and, and all of that, that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was all in the, it was all in the script. Uh, I mean, the interesting thing is that we, uh, Picked a lot of the music. I mean, um, I had an editor who was had had very good musical taste, and he had put a lot of temp music in. Uh, you know, some a, a lot of punk stuff, and you know, fairly heavy heavy stuff. And 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 most of it, uh, when when it came time to actually pay for the rights, New, New Line didn't want to pay for this stuff because you know. A lot of it was going to cost a lot of money, and, and and they didn't want to spend it, so they ended up getting a lot of covers that, uh, you know, frankly, we were we were pretty disappointed with. But, uh, you know, when when I watch it now, it doesn't doesn't bother me that much, except for a couple songs I think are 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 a little bit lame, and, and particularly in, in 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 comparison to the music that we had in. But yeah, that was always part of the concept that was baked in with with the script. That's awesome. Uh, do you think uh, the um, um, do do you think that the uh, a nightmare uh, on Elm Street films ended up going in a direction like thinking about it as a visionary as a director? If you could have potentially created the rest of the nightmare films. Um, and even had a little bit more time to do so, would you have taken the storyline in a different direction? Do you think? Um, probably, I probably would have just kept going in the direction that we were already in just because, um, I, la I, I, I don't think I had the imagination to, to, to see more than that. I mean, I, I, I thought that it really evolved in a really interesting way. I mean, I, I, I'm very proud to be part of, part of that series because, you know, part of that, that franchise, because, um, I, I think of, you know, of, of all the ones where there were, you know, numerous sequels, you know, if you think of uh, Friday the 13th, that, that what's great about, the Elm Street series is that each one is different. Each one had a different director and each director brought his or her own sensibility to, to the film. So they weren't trying to make them all, all, all be the same. They were trying to, to within the framework of, of, you know, there's this guy called Freddie and he, and he appears in these teenagers dreams in this small town, you know, where there's Elm Street. Aside, aside from that, you know, people had a lot of leeway. Um, and, and, and even the ones, I mean, uh, like I thought that, uh, you know, five struck me as, as very, um, stiff and, um, kind of intellectual and, and not that I have any, anything against intellectuals, but it, um, it just, it just wasn't that interesting for for me, but I I admired the fact that it it took that approach. That was really felt pretty different in in, in tone, particularly uh, I, you know three and then four started to get really kind of slapstick, and then five I would I I, I guess the best word for five is kind of austere. 
Um, I mean, I don't know whether 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 you would use that term, but that was kind of how I felt. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it went in in ways that I never would have imagined, and 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 I think that that's what's so good about it. I have I have two things to say. So so the the number five thing we've talked about this a couple times on the show. Um, we had uh, Lisa Wilcox on the show uh, last year. And with five, five is probably like the least receptive from, from the audiences. It, it does. It's, it's, it's a very like, I don't want to say smart film, but it's like a smart film for like horror. Yeah. And at yeah. that point they like, the genre had already moved past that. So I always say that like if five storyline would have happened after two or right after three, it would have been more well received because it was still mm. kind of that dark thinking territory but after four, it just, it was placed so horribly. Um, but what I was going to say is I, Dream Warriors is my, is my all time favorite film of all time, not just horror film. But um, the one disservice that I wish that, that they wouldn't have done in Dream Warriors is somehow connected part two into it. There's no connection other than the house to part two. And so a lot of fans, myself included, have theorized that in, in part three, when the doctor says to Nancy, you know, we lost a kid a couple months ago, he cut off his own eyelids. A lot of us say that that's unofficially Jesse because we want so much for, for Jesse or something from part two to be in part three to connect it. Have uh-huh. you ever heard that theory or what do you think of that theory? Like, um, what do you think would have happened to Jesse after part two? Honestly, I have, <laughs> I never thought about it. Um, I mean, I mean the way uh, uh, the way the movie ends. Um, you know, he's he's sort of he's sort of back back to normal. But I guess uh, you would say that he, uh, I would imagine that he have a very uh, severe case of, of of PTSD at the very least. You know, um, but uh, no, I I I I never thought about. It. I mean, uh, you know, the interesting thing. Um, like with with Mark and 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 Elm Street was that Elm Street was a really big deal in in Mark's life. You know, it might have been like uh, you know one of the central events in his life that really kind of determined the course of his life. After he did the movie, he quit acting. You know, and he went off and and it you know completely changed the course of his life. And you know he had been doing very well, and there were all all, all sorts of things going on and. And and the whole shooting of of the movie, you know, he had a lot of trauma about shooting it, and and uh, you know, realizing that there was this 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 gay subtext, and he was you know, a closeted gay at that point, and 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 uh, all all of those things, none of which had ever occurred to me. I mean, I was just completely oblivious, you know. I had no idea. I didn't even know he was gay. It never even occurred. To, you know, I never even thought about it. You know, I just. Hey, I like this actor. He's 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 vulnerable. He's doing a good job. He's a really good actor. End of the story, you know. Um, and uh, uh, but I mean, for me, the movie came out. You know, I worked my ass off. Uh, I I think I did a, a a good job with with you know the the elements that I had to to work with, including the script and 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 everything else. And as soon as the movie came out. Bang! You know, uh, uh, suddenly, you know, everybody was interested in hiring me as a director, and I, I never looked back. 
So, so I never really thought about it. You know, I mean, uh, honestly, uh, you know, I don't go back and watch my movies. Um, um, I'm about to do a screening of, of, uh, 1201, which is, which is one of my favorites. And, and honestly, I don't think I've, I've seen it since I made it, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it. So, uh, no, I, I, I never thought about that. I just, you know, the film was done. It did its thing. Uh, I was happy with it. Um, and I moved on. You know, I've got a, I was thinking here, sitting here thinking of a funny comment, um, back to the hidden. Do you think that the hidden and Kyle MacLachlan's role played any part in him getting cast in Twin Peaks as an FBI agent? Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I would like to think so, but you know, David Lynch has such an original mind that, 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 that for me to say that, you know, that he stole some ideas from, from my movie would, would be a little pretentious on my part. So I, I have no idea. I know, but uh, I had to ask. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me, made me think about it. So I've got, uh, one more question unless Paige, you want to go ahead? Do you have anything that's Sorry. burning in your mind? I was going to say, I, I was going to say something along, um, the lines of earlier, like, now knowing the the fandom and really knowing stuff, where would you see Jesse today? Where would Jesse Walsh be today? Uh, you mean as a as a forty five year old man? <laughs> no, like what like what do you think really truly happened to him after that? Do you think that he, in your interpretation, did he live? Did he die? Because you know we have that jump scare at the end with yeah. Buddy's Paul coming out. Was he in right, a mental well, institution? Really yeah, right. Well, the jump scare at the end was basically uh, new line. Into, uh, I mean, we didn't really have an ending for the movie. Um, and new line wanted to end the thing. So there was a path to a sequel, you know, that would kind of set up. No, Freddie's not really dead, you know, and let's have a little scare. And so, you know, there was all this powwowing and, and I was kind of shooting the movie, you know, and just. That, like I said, just just trying to sort of get my days or, you know, in in the case of Elm Street, getting my, you know, getting getting through the night, um, you know, and they they'd say, hey, how about this ending? You know, and they had like a brain trust who was trying to come up with with, you know, a, a good ending. So, so, I mean, the ending really, really was just. In terms of being thematic, uh I mean, it was the same thing with the ending for, for Elm Street 1, you know. I mean, uh, you know, that was not the original ending. Um, uh, you know, they, they insisted that Wes change the ending so that there was a possibility for a sequel. The fact is, with the horror film, it doesn't matter. Anybody who's dead can come back alive again, you know. <laughs> I mean, Especially you know. when you're Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so he's got, what, uh, uh, Probably nine lives at this point. He's probably come back nine. He is eternal. Um, yeah. yeah, but 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 I mean, so the ending was was just a way to like you know put a little extra you know uh, little cherry on 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 the top of the cake, and also to to set up that Freddie Freddie could be back. You know, I mean, the hope was that Freddie might might be back, uh, which. Which he was. So, uh, I mean, I uh, the more interesting thing is, you know, Mark. 
who, uh, you know, the last time that I saw him, he was uh, what, you know, a 23 year old, you know, very young man. And, you know, the next time I saw him, he's, you know, he's in his 40s and he, he had a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff happen in his life, you know, between, you know, that and. And and then it was, you know, it was really interesting to sort of get get to know him, uh, you know, and actually hang out with him, which 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 we didn't do. You know, we we just really had a working relationship, you know. And he always kind of seemed a little out of sorts. Um, And and I never knew why. And I thought, you know, maybe part of it's just because the character's kind of out of sorts. But, um, um, you know, I got some insight into, you know, a little more of what was going on with Mark at that time. So you're so speaking about that, um, cause I know Mark is going to go into a lot of detail about what happened in scream queen, the documentary. Right. Um, you're going to be in the documentary, correct? I know that you guys were filming some stuff. I, I, you know, shameless plug Deandra and I got to film some fun stuff at one of the conventions with him. Um, oh, cool. And we got to hear like all sorts of stuff about it and so you're you're going to be in the documentary right is there anything without revealing too much stuff is there anything that you can say talking about that well i'm 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 actually a little bit worried about it to to to, uh, tell you the truth because um um i got an email from mark um i mean we uh, uh we he and i may be doing some appearances uh uh together which which would be fun um, and, and, and I am doing, I, I, I am doing conventions in case, uh, in case anybody out there is, is, is interested. I'm, uh, you know, I'm now, I'm now interested in doing them, uh, you know, particularly if there are other Elm Street. Um, so Mark said, uh, 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 you know, I said, so how is, how is the documentary coming along? And, uh, uh, and he said, oh, oh, it's done. And he said, oh, you you well, you sort of come across. I'm not sure exactly what he said, but uh, but he said that I look good. Uh, uh, but I sort of came across as crotchety or or words to that effect. Uh, I, you know, my my attitude toward Mark, because Mark, you know, s- seemed to be pretty obsessed and traumatized with the whole thing. And my attitude was, okay, but move on with your life, you know. And, and, and so when they interviewed me, because he, he, he uh, uh, you know, he, he, he had this uh, question about Dave Chaskin and whether Dave Chaskin purposely put the gay subtext in and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and he seemed, you know, very concerned about it. And I said, you know, I don't think, you know, I think it's time to move on. And, and, and so when they interviewed me, um, you know, I think, I think some of that came across. So, you know, if, if you're wrapped up in, 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 you know, Mark's story, you know, maybe I'm, I'm the guy who, who throws a little cold water on it. I don't know. I, I, I hope not because, um, I, I have, um, um, you know, 30 years after the fact, I, I have enormous respect for what Mark has has become just just as a human being. You know, I think he's 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 a great guy. And I think that he's 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 doing a lot of really good stuff, you know, 
Um, so I, I have a lot of admiration for him. So I just hope that I don't come across that way. Well, do you have, uh, you said you were going to any conventions in the future. Do you have any that you can share with us that we might be able to keep an eye out for you? Um, I, th I think there's, uh, there's, there's one in, in, um, in November in, in, uh, New Jersey. Um, I don't know if it's a Comic-Con or I don't know, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty big one. Um, uh, uh, there's also a possibility that, that Mark and I might be doing an appearance and doing like a screening and a dinner, uh, somewhere around Philadelphia, um, over the sometime in, in, in June. Um, I know somebody's trying to work that out where, you know, it would be a smaller group of people, you know, like a screening for, you know, like, like a hundred people. And then, uh, you know, everybody would, would, would have, it, uh, you know, uh, uh, much more of a chance to, to, to interact with us. So, you know, that, that, that sounds like fun. I mean, uh, as you said, um, about my reaction to, to going to these, you know, like conventions, you know, it really is great to see people that, that, that really appreciate the, the film and, you know, that it, it really, uh, uh, you know, every time that uh, somebody writes me on, on, on Facebook and tells me, uh, you know, how much, you know, Elm Street or The Hidden or Alone in the Dark or some of my other movies have uh, meant to them, you know, it's really great. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful to, to them. You know, they, they, they feel like, like they're grateful to, to me for making it, but I'm really grateful to them for, for watching it. You know, I mean, if nobody watches it, nobody cares about it, then, you know, it's, it's kind of, has has sort of been for naught. So, you know, it's great to get that that feedback. So yes, um, I, I I hope to be meeting more more fans. You know, I don't do a lot of, of of these things. I think people are much more interested in meeting the actors than they are in meeting the, the director anyway. But absolutely not. Yeah. I'll be honest. Every, everybody like you will be a huge draw at conventions. Trust me. You know, the, the actors are amazing and everybody's so excited to meet them, but really like it's a lot of the crew members. People get excited to meet over too. We, um, yeah. Uh, Mick Strawn came to a convention for the first time last year, uh, at the Scarefest, and Deandra and I were very fortunate to like be there with him and just to see him with the fans. It was, it was insane because, you guys, in a sense, are very rare, and to a lot of the yeah. fandom, you know, meeting the rare people—that's that's where they they get excited and get thrilled. So, you definitely are are gonna be exposed to a whole new world once you start doing conventions. And I have to say that uh, I've we've we've had a lot of people on the show, but I was nervous to talk to you because I very much value talking to directors. I know Paige is a director. I'm getting into being a director and I, I, I really value talking to other directors that are out there. And so being fans of Nightmare 2, I mean, this was this was so great to have you on. And this conversation is kind of coming full circle uh, to where we started of just being really thankful for you to for taking the time to to talk with us about Nightmare 2 and, and your career and what's going to be happening in the future. Uh, well, actually, um, I, I, uh, I, I sort of stepped away from, from filmmaking, um, about 
about 13 years ago, I got an offer to start a film program from, from scratch at a university in North Carolina. And I took it. And <clears throat> so I did that for, for 13 years. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a person who never took a film course or a film class in my life. And, you know, suddenly I was like creating a film program. Um, and it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. I mean, um, I basically had to think about why I did all the things that I did instinctively and now to figure out exactly what the reason was that, 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 that I did it. So that was, that was pretty interesting. So I, 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 I left the university this summer and I've got a, um, I'm working on a vampire film. There's a book. I don't know whether you, you've ever heard of a book called Carmela. Carmela was written by um, an Irishman by the name of Le Fanu. It was written 20 years before Dracula. And it's about, uh, I mean, the, uh, the original book takes place, you know, in the, in the 19th century and this, this young girl and, and her mother drive around in a carriage and they stop by the, like these castles and they're kind of taken in. And the young girl whose name is Carmela is a vampire and she befriends the young girl who lives in the house and, turns them into vampires. And almost every movie that you see where there's a female vampire somewhere, Carmela is part of the, the DNA. And really good writer. I mean, really good writer. Um, and we basically did a contemporary script. It's very, very, very loosely based on it. Um, uh, and and it's 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 really it's probably the best script that I've had in a long time, and I'm really excited. And we're I think there's uh, we we seem to have most of the financing in place, but you know you never quite know. But but my hope is that I'm going to make it. I'm you know I'm I'm hoping I'll get to make at least one or two more more films before I sort of fade away. So. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm kind of wondering whether um, after, you know, 15 years away from, from, from making a film, how it will turn out. But I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic, you know. I think it's, it's going to be great. Um, and I'm kind of just, just looking back forward to, to reactivating that, that whole part of my life again. Well, uh, I'm, I know we can't wait to see it. That sounds like a great... Uh, concept and unfortunately I haven't read the book yet but heck I would love to don't. yeah don't. well don't, don't <laughs> but it 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 actually you know it's a lot about female empowerment and um, religious intolerance and uh, I mean any good vampire movie is about a lot more than vampires you know and that's very true with uh, with this it sort of deals with a lot of really interesting stuff and has just got some wonderful wonderful scenes that has a just a great great villain um uh um i know i was up for for doing a movie for uh, one of the studios and you know i w i really wanted to do it because it seemed like a fun project but i wasn't in love with it and 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 the head of the head of production said to me so so jack it, is there a scene in the film that you just can't wait to do 
And honestly, there wasn't, you know, so I had to sort of come up with one and act like I was really enthusiastic about it. Uh, you know, whereas, whereas with, with Elm Street or with The Hidden or with, you know, some of these other movies, there were just these uh, sequences that I was just, you know, uh, kind of nervous to do, but couldn't wait to see if I could actually pull them off. And that's, that's exactly how I feel about a lot of stuff in this, in this script. There are just these scenes that just make me just chuckle or, you know, rub my hands together. And I just can't wait to see if I can pull them off, you know. So that's my hope. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, Jack. It was great to uh, talk to you and to kind of pick your brain a little bit. Well, I I have to say, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of interviews and podcasts lately, and a lot of them are kind of the same old questions. And, and uh, you uh, both really, um, you know, had had a really interesting slant on this. And so it was it was really a lot of fun to to talk to both of you and um you know i i, I appreciate your your insights and your your uh, enthusiasm so thank you very much ah thanks thank that you means a lot thank you and and, and uh, good luck with with uh, with your films thank you so much thank, thank you. you so we're we're excited we're we're actually making a documentary about a neighbor on elm street currently really <laughs> so, shocker. yeah we're a shocker <laughs> It's, uh, it's called Fred Heads, the documentary, shameless plug. And it's all about the fandom of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, so really? Lot, yeah. And a lot of our insight um, comes from just being in the community for so long and really getting to hear the fans' stories and, and their true love for these films, a lot of which Nightmare 2 is included in. So it's cool. We're, we're really excited. Uh, well, please uh, you know, send me a link or send me a copy when it's done. I'd love to see it. Yeah, we'll send you some information on it so you can Great. take a look. Fantastic. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks again, Jack. And uh, okay. it's been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Likewise.